Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Well, good morning, authentic ones. Welcome to episode 60 of the Breaking Free Authentically podcast. I am so excited to be here today. I can't believe we've already made it to 60 episodes, but here we are. Today, I am doing a solo episode, and I want to talk about overcoming fear, shame, and guilt in authentic communication, because it's been a theme that's been coming up in my life, in my clients' lives, in my program, uh, with friends, like it's just something that keeps coming up and I've had a lot of really good discussions about it this week in different groups. And so I just want to bring awareness to this topic. And then I also want to talk about how maybe it affects us in the ethical non-monogamy world, um, with that big, huge label of quote unquote drama. So hang on tight. This week is probably going to be a little bit shorter, but we'll see how long-winded I get. Um, But yeah, I think it's something that it's important to delve into. And so you just get me today and we're just going to have a chat. Love you. I'll see you when we get back. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com. And subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled or satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Maybe you've had some of these thoughts. Did you know it's not your fault? That's right. You've been brainwashed since childhood with disempowering beliefs about sex and relationships. This is known as the mono mindset. If you're tired of feeling stuck, you're ready for Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program where you will learn how the mono mindset has set you up for failure in relationships, why you think of sex as wrong or taboo, why you judge yourself. You will finally learn how to have empowered relationships with confidence and success. Many of my clients have said, Kareen, I didn't know I had choices. I thought I needed a partner to feel complete. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. What if you could learn to love yourself and your desires without guilt? Well, you can. 
With Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program shifting the subconscious programming that is keeping you stuck. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. It's time to break free and start living your life. To register, go to offers.kareenbedard.com forward slash BFFC for Breaking Free from Conformity. I can't wait for you to find ultimate freedom and create an empowered relationship for yourself. Well, welcome to Breaking Free Authentically. We are on episode 60. It's hard to believe, but here it is. And today, I, I'm going to be talking about something that has been on my heart a lot lately. As you know, I have been um, going through a lot of changes in my life lately with a huge move. My son and I have moved to the city. My partner and I bought a house together in the city. So I've moved two hours away from where I've been the past, oh, 20, 22 years almost. And, um, it's just made for a lot of changes and to go from a long distance relationship to an everyday relationship takes a lot of communication and changes and everything. And so in my course as well, my program, my eight-week program, the Breaking Free from Conformity program, I'm noticing the same kinds of things coming up as well for people. And it's around just communicating our authentic truth and recognizing that so much of our patterns about communication stem from fear and shame and guilt. So I really want to talk about that. So today's episode is called Overcoming Fear, Shame, and Guilt in Authentic Communication. Ta-da! Um... I just, I just kind of want to throw the door open a little bit on how normal it is to feel those things and how normal it is to struggle to communicate our truth, especially when we've had a habit of minimizing who we are and minimizing our truth. We are taught that relationships are supposed to fulfill so many of our needs and therefore we shouldn't have to communicate them. And it's, even if we don't believe that to be true, it's so much a part of our subconscious programming that we actually behave in that way, even when we know better. So let me just unpack that a little bit more. I just want to talk first about sort of the understanding the impact of fear and shame in our lives. So in relationships, we think that we are fine most of the time. It's we want to connect with other people. We desire to have connection and intimacy. Um, but we also desire to be ourselves and autonomous and have a level of freedom in life. We don't want to feel constricted or restricted in our relationships. And so it's a really fine balance to kind of figure out what we actually feel comfortable with in relationships. Cause on one hand we want someone to be there for us and to 
essentially take care of us sometimes. You know, we want to know that we have some a soft place to land. We want to know that we are comfortable and that we can be ourselves. And on the other hand, we want to know that we're okay without somebody too. So it's kind of this interesting thing. And I think once you've gone through a divorce or a separation, when you've been married before and, and you've been married a long time, like I have, you question what that balance might look like. So I find myself having fear and shame about wanting my autonomy and wanting my freedom while still wanting connection. And sometimes I think, oh, that's too much to ask or that's, you know, not fair. But that is my mono mindset creeping in to tell me that, um, that that's not valid, that wanting my own autonomy and freedom isn't valid. And so then everything else sometimes feels bigger than it is. Um, the fear of losing your freedom or losing yourself again in another relationship becomes really, really big. And so then all the stories that come up are ones that are telling you that, see, look, you're losing your freedom. See, look, you feel a little bit trapped or see, look, you can't have your cake and eat it too, you know? And we're taught that relationships have to be hard and we're taught that they're supposed to, mm, they're supposed to fulfill you in a way that you don't need your autonomy, but that's, that's false. And I, I remember like in my, when I first got married years ago, I remember thinking that it was so wrong to want to have my individuality that as a wife, I needed to be so, I'm going to say codependent on my husband. And I need to give everything to him in order to be a good wife and worthy. And now I think I'm so afraid of doing that again, that I jump to the opposite spectrum maybe, and I get fearful if someone wants more closeness than I think that they want, you know, like we create stories that make our fears bigger than they are. So, um, often when we have fear and shame in, in relationships, it leads to us conforming, you know, to hide our authentic feelings, to avoid conflict or to avoid seeming like we're too much or that we're not authentic or that we can't handle things. And so sometimes we end up shying away and we just kind of give in or the easy thing to do is also blame our partner for our feelings of inadequacy. Um, sometimes we feel like if we have a feeling about something that we just need to keep that to ourselves, because I think the way we've been brought up to see relationships is that if you have a feeling about something, then it's your partner's responsibility to make that feeling go away. It's like, if you've 
grown up as a people pleaser, which I did. I grew up in a very people pleasing family. And so naturally what I learned early on in life is that if I'm feeling something or if someone else is feeling something, my job is to make them not feel that because my job is to minimize who I am to not have someone else have bad feelings. And that doesn't just go away. So if someone in my life that I love is triggered, my immediate reaction is, well, you don't have a right to be triggered because I don't want to stop what I'm doing because there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing. But that's not, that's not a, a correct assessment because that's me going back to my trauma response of minimizing or changing what I need, what I'm doing or feeling guilty or ashamed of something I've done that might've caused someone to have some pain. But what that does is it minimizes someone else's responsibility for their own reactions, their own pain, their own feelings, their own triggers. Just like if, um, if I have struggles with something, if I feel sad or if I feel a little bit jealous or if I feel confused or whatever, and I say that, I'm not asking someone to change what they're doing. I'm not asking that. I'm just asking for validation. I'm asking to be seen and understood. And I want someone to make me feel like it's okay that I am sad and struggling, even though it's not their responsibility to take that pain away from me. And I think we've been so programmed to think that it's our job to take away other people's pain. It doesn't mean we can't like make decisions that will help ease other people's pain and triggers and things like that. But when we express our triggers or our pain or our frustrations, or our sadness, our emotions, we're not asking in the same breath for someone to stop something in order for us not to feel that. We're just wanting to enter into recognition, I guess, and and having someone recognize our pain as valid. And I think there's a really big difference. So this has been coming up for me a lot lately, and I'm guessing I'm not the only one. I know that, um, some of my clients have been struggling with the same thing. And, um, I think when we get so afraid and we have so much shame about our needs and our desires and our thoughts and our emotions, when we felt like we've been too much in the past, that we create a story right away that if someone else has pain, that it's our fault and that we need to do something. And it's obviously it's been caused from us because we're too much or we're this or that. And so let's look at that, okay? I want to look at sort of this word drama. I've been doing a lot of posts this week in um, the ethical non-monogamy groups that I'm in, the swinger groups, um, polyamory groups, things like that, just asking people how they feel, if they resonate with the idea that um, they don't want to be drama. They don't want to be seen as drama. I think it's a really big faux pas. Like it's, it's a, in the swinger world for sure, to be drama is just such a negative thing, which 
I don't want to be drama. I don't like drama. I don't want drama in my life. But I think that sometimes we use the word drama as kind of a blanket statement for anything that makes me feel uncomfortable. And sometimes that's not actually drama. Sometimes when someone has emotions or feelings about something and they voice those emotions and we feel uncomfortable, it's easy easy for us to label them as drama because all of a sudden we feel uncomfortable. There is a better way to present things that is not dramatic. And there are some people, 100%, that sort of live in drama. They love chaos. And again, I think it's, The root of all that is shame and guilt to begin with. And so I think it is important to take a look at shame and the effect of shame on drama. Um, Some people's nervous systems are so wired for chaos that they don't know how to have any validation without sort of being the center of attention, even if it's negative attention. And so they are programmed to create drama, create tension, create chaos and dysfunction because that's where they feel most comfortable and that's not healthy. And I'm not talking about that kind of drama necessarily. I'm I'm talking about people who are not drama who bury their feelings because they don't feel like their feelings are valid. They don't feel like they are allowed to share their true emotions, their authentic feelings, um, because it might disrupt someone's comfort. And people like that tend to bury their emotions until they can't bury them anymore. And then those feelings turn to anger and frustration and resentment. They turn to jealousy. They turn to just really big emotions that can turn into really big reactions that come out of nowhere, which then inevitably become, you guessed it, drama. So I want to prevent that from happening in the E&M community, but just in life in general, in our own relationships. And so the consequences of burying our authentic feelings is frustration, resentment towards others. Because what's happening is we're saying that other people are more important than us. Other people's feelings are more important than our own feelings. And there's a problem with that because you can only do that so long before you start to resent someone. So let's say a situation comes up. I'm just going to use, you know, the lifestyle because, you know, a lot of you listening are are, are in ethical non-monogamy or you want to know more about it. And um, it's, it's a world where you're going to have to face discomfort and you're going to have to face your triggers. You're going to have to face the things that might bring up things that you didn't know were there for you. Um, so recently in my life, I've been encountering some newer feelings, um, a fear, fear of not sort of knowing 
my place, not knowing how to manage where I fit, uh, feeling like I shouldn't need my own space, feeling like I'm asking too much. And I don't want to get into too much of specifics because it's not fair to those involved. Um, but what happened is I felt like I needed to minimize what I needed in order to not be dramatic or not cause drama. So I was afraid to ask for what I needed. I was afraid to set my boundaries, partly because I didn't know what they were yet. I was trying to figure them out. I've just moved to the city. I just moved in with my partner. I'm still working out what this looks like. We've been dating long distance up until now. So what does it look like to have each other? And then what does it look like to have other partners in the midst of actually living together? When we lived apart, we could go do our own things and then we'd come back together and we knew when our specific times were together. So there's been a lot of figuring that out when, you know, we do things with other partners or we have, um, we have dates or things like that. Sometimes we just haven't established when that is or, or how, how much time we dedicate to other people, how much of that time we do uh, spend with other people, how much of that time do we do that together? How much time do we do that separately? All these things we hadn't really established yet and we were in the midst of um, people being in our lives and, and people helping us and people being here for us. Um, and sometimes that felt overwhelming to me, even though I was so grateful for the help. So um, I know that I felt guilty wanting to kind of have my own space because other people were giving so much to me in helping me and things like that. And I was like, well, I'll be seen as ungrateful if I want to have my own space too. And that's just a little example of like how I could talk myself out of sharing my needs and my desires and things that were causing me stress. I would minimize it because I was afraid to hurt someone else's feelings or afraid that I wouldn't be understood or afraid that um, someone would think that I didn't want them around, which is not the case at all. Um, it was tied into so many different things. And I feel like I'm being so vague here and I apologize for that. I hope that you're kind of understanding just kind of the role of shame and guilt in sort of talking ourselves out of sharing our truth. Um, so when we have shame around something and we, we feel like we don't deserve that or we put someone else first before ourselves, we do minimize our pain. We minimize our struggle. And then we are afraid to share it. But what happens is we kind of bury that and we bury that and we put it aside and we don't really deal with it. And then one day something happens that actually isn't really that, but it triggers all that resentment that you're feeling, that out-of-controlness that you feel that you've been minimizing for yourself, and it just comes bubbling to the surface. And then it comes out sometimes as blame, and it comes out as looking like it's about something completely different that, ha that actually isn't that. 
And so then it's very confusing to your partner or your partners to try to explain that your reaction isn't actually about that. It's about other underlying things, but it comes out sounding like blame. And we often, that this is why we often have drama in our circles because we haven't learned at our core to validate our own needs and desires without shame. And I'm going to let that sit there for a little bit because this is the big, big lesson that all my clients have in in my eight-week program is like, whoa, you know, I am allowed to have desires, thoughts, and feelings that are my own, that don't conform to anybody else, that don't fit the norm. I don't have to agree with everyone else. I don't have to be on the same page. I don't have to be on board. I don't even have to like something. And just because I don't like something doesn't mean someone has to not do what I don't like. But we feel like if we express ourselves and we say our true desires, that we are going to cause someone else to miss out on something that they want. We're going to disrupt the flow. We're going to be too much. Our needs are not worth mentioning because what if someone else feels bad? So instead, we sit there and feel bad inside and allow everybody else to do things completely oblivious to our feeling bad inside until we just overreact. Not everybody does this, but some of us do. Some of us that struggle with sharing our truth. And I'm aware of this and I teach this and I still have had struggles with it. It, We're not immune to that. Our programming is deep and we are taught that we shouldn't have big feelings about things because it's inconvenient for other people. It was inconvenient for our parents if we had a meltdown. It was inconvenient for our friends if we, you know, struggled with something because now we were the party pooper. If we were sad, you know, we were no fun to be around. We have these messages coming from all over the place that are telling us that we have to minimize our feelings in order to fit in, in order to be valid, in order to be enough. And so what happens is if everybody is doing that, nobody's really sharing their truth. And then when it comes out, people feel like it's their responsibility to fix it because we think that it's our responsibility to fix things when someone else is struggling. So when we struggle and they don't fix it or change what they're doing, then we resent them too. Like it's just this big fucking mess is what it is. And so... I want to release us of the burden of responsibility for others' feelings. Um, 
it, it ties into like, you know, as a child, if I had something that I wanted to do and it inconvenienced, see, my parents, um, I would minimize that thing to not upset them, to not make them feel bad. And I did that for my friends too. So like I'm a big emotion person. I'm I'm a I'm a lover. I get close to people. My energy can be very overwhelming to people. And so I often I think would push people away. They just get like afraid of of my energy if they weren't able to match my energy. And so I started to make myself small in certain circles to minimize my energy so that they wouldn't feel threatened by me. Um, and one of the things was like my girlfriends. Like I just stopped having very many girlfriends because they saw me as a threat all the time. I felt like they saw me as a threat. And so it was just much easier to have guy friends because they didn't <laughs> they didn't overthink it. Um, I could just be me and I didn't have to, you know, pretend to be someone I'm not. They didn't feel as responsible for fixing my feelings as the girls did. I don't know if I'm making sense. I feel like I'm talking about, oh, so many things vaguely. But I think what I'm getting at is that We've been taught in our society that the burden of someone else's feelings is our our responsibility. The burden of responsibility lies on us. It lies on the parents, you know, if we have children, to make sure that they are not hurting, that they are having the quote-unquote perfect childhood, providing the experiences so that they don't feel pain and they don't feel rejected. Um, we have you know, not just one winner anymore. Now we have like all these consolation prizes so that everybody feels like the winner because we don't want people to feel bad. And we forget that sometimes we just need to feel bad and, and know how to work through that. And to say to ourselves, it's okay if I'm not feeling good. It's okay if I feel like crying. It's okay if I have big emotions going through me. I'm allowed to have those. And it doesn't mean that they have to be fixed and that they have to go away. It's just a part of who I am. But we inherently have felt shame about that because it, it inconveniences. When someone's not doing well around you, you don't, it doesn't feel good, right? Like we, we feel helpless when we're around people that are struggling. So it's easier to just not be around people who are struggling. Therefore, if you're someone who struggles, you decide to conform and just kind of dumb down your feelings so that you're not a bother to anybody. Um, or you become a fixer. And so you make sure that, you know, if your your kids are struggling and they're crying, you make sure that they're no longer crying. Maybe you'll bribe them with something and make sure that they're smiling or happy so that you don't have to feel their their uncomfortable feelings. It's just 
the way we end up dealing with things. And it can be a real problem when we get into um, relationships because it creates an unhealthy dynamic um, when someone takes too much responsibility for other people's feelings they feel like they're responsible for it, that they have to fix it. And so therefore, if you're one of those people and your partner says, hey, I'm struggling with this or I'm triggered by this, you start going, well, I didn't do that, but I, you shouldn't feel that way because I didn't mean that and I didn't do that. And so it becomes about you now. You're justifying your feelings and you're, you're justifying your actions and your decisions and what you did just so that they don't feel bad. But that's not the point. You're not responsible for them feeling bad. Maybe you made a choice that affected that feeling, but it's not about you in that moment. We get to say, I'm sorry you're feeling that way. How can I help? Or how can I be there for you? And... As someone who is triggered, as someone who is the one struggling, one of the things that we can learn to do is to lead the conversation with, I'm feeling triggered right now, but I'm not making that your responsibility. I just want you to know that I'm sitting in big emotions right now and I'm triggered by something that you may have done, but it's not your responsibility to take the pain away from me, but I want you to know where I am and what's going on for me. And if we can start to do that, we can release our partners of feeling the responsibility to fix our emotions. And then we allow them to be the safe place that we actually are desiring. When we let go of responsibility of fixing our partner's feelings, we then become the safe place for them because we can just hold space for the emotion. If they're sad, we can just be with them in their sadness and not sit there and try to figure it out and solve the problem and try to fix it or apologize all the time for what we've done because sometimes it actually has nothing to do with what you've done. Sometimes something you've done triggers something that's been done to them in the past. And they have big feelings about it and they're afraid that that's happening again, but that's just a story. And that's actually not the truth. So if you learn to just hold space, and I'm talking to myself here as well, learn to just hold space. If someone is triggered, if someone is having feelings about things, just validate those feelings and be okay with those feelings. And don't try to justify your actions because nine times out of 10, it actually has nothing to do with your actions directly. Your actions may have triggered something, but you didn't do that on purpose most of the time. Now, if you are a jackass and you do things knowingly that your partner struggles with on a regular basis, that's on you. You're being an asshole and you're not being a very good partner. But if you're not doing that on purpose, if you literally have no intention of hurting them, then you don't have to start the conversation by apologizing for your actions. You just need to acknowledge their, the fact that they're triggered and just be there. And 
I do not like when, excuse me, I do not like when someone I love is sitting in uncomfortable feelings. I immediately jump to the, to the conclusion that they're saying that I'm the reason for that. And that was done to me in my childhood. That is the way my father often communicated with me. He could not deal with his own feelings, therefore he made me responsible for his or would make other people responsible for his feelings. And a lot of us have grown up with that because we don't know how to own our own feelings. We are not taught to take responsibility for our own feelings. And I say, you know, own your shit and don't make things weird. You know, I think these are important things. Um, when we do feel guilty, when we jump to that conclusion that we're being blamed for something, we feel guilty. And guilt causes us to go into self-preservation mode. And all of a sudden... We are unable to see the other person and their pain. We're just trying to protect ourselves from pain and from feeling blamed. And all of a sudden our fight and flight response comes out. And that can be so unhealthy because now you've got two people who are triggered. Two people are in fight and flight and two people who whose frontal cortex is not online. And that frontal cortex is able to make rational decisions and think rationally. But when you're both sort of, your nervous system is not regulated and you're feeling guilty and ashamed of things, you tend to go into a fight or flight response. Fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And a lot of us freeze. But those of us who fight in those moments are fighting for ourselves. We're fighting to also be validated in that moment. And we're not able to validate the person that is basically asking for validation in their sharing. So we inevitably create um, an environment that does not feel safe for anybody. And so I'm saying this because I'm a coach. I teach this stuff. I can see it in people. I can see it in my clients. And I still struggle with it because that programming is deep. Those trauma wounds run deep. The, are, the patterns that we have growing up of minimizing ourselves, if that's what we've done, um, they affect us in, in so many ways. And so it's important that we really give ourselves grace and start embracing our authentic expression and not apologize for it. And one of the ways that we can do that is to just give, set people free of the responsibility of needing to fix your emotions, your feelings, prior to you sharing your feelings authentically. And that's going to help avoid a lot of the conflict that ends up happening where it's sort of a battle of the wills or it's, it's, um, just people like fighting to be seen or fighting to regulate their nervous systems. Like they can't calm down when they feel like they're guilty 
of something or they're ashamed of something. And so if we can release each other of that, it helps. But first we have to release ourselves of the shame and guilt that we feel for having a difficult emotion. If you get triggered, it's not, it's not your fault. It's not anybody's fault. It is often our programming. It's the things that have happened to us in our past. It's faulty, faulty examples. Like we've, we've been told, you know, like I feel really bad for boys growing up. You know, if you've noticed boys as, as children, like little boys are very emotional. And one of the things they're told is, is to man up and to boys don't cry and all this stuff. And I'm glad this is changing. But there's a whole generation, there's lots of generations out there of men that were told that emotions are weak and that they shouldn't have them. And so what happens is they turn hard-hearted and they go into self-preservation where they they shove down their emotions because they weren't allowed to have them. And this happens to women too. It just depends what our upbringing is. But a lot of women... Girls were allowed to have emotions. Girls were expected to be emotional, but not boys. Boys couldn't be. And so boys that have emotions feel a lot of shame and guilt about having emotions. And so a lot of times they blame others for those emotions because it's weakness if they have them just themselves. And that just causes a lot of issues. And so it starts with like deep, deep, deep self-love. Really caring for yourself on a deep level and saying there are no forbidden thoughts, desires, emotions. The things that I want, the things that are important to me are okay. There's nothing wrong with them. It may not be ethical to have all the things that you want, but that's okay. It doesn't mean that the thought is not okay. There's nothing forbidden. And then we also need to ask ourselves, if I am not sharing my truth, who is that benefiting? At the end of the day, if I hold in my, my sadness or if I felt triggered in a moment, if I felt like wronged or if I felt left out or if my partner did something that caused me to have a certain feeling, if I don't share that, it's benefiting them at first because I'm helping them avoid feeling bad too. That's, that's the, the thing that we tell ourselves, right? Often is, is, well, I'm going to keep this to myself because I don't want to make someone else uncomfortable. You know, that won't be helpful for anybody. But is that benefiting you? Who does that benefit? I, I would say it actually doesn't benefit them because you're saying that your pain's okay, but someone else's pain isn't okay. So that means your pain isn't valid. You're telling your body, your nervous system that you don't matter actually. So then you 
start to resent the other person for not feeling bad. It's kind of this vicious cycle. You start to resent them and they're happy-go-lucky going about their life and not having a clue about your pain and your suffering that you're denying yourself because you're minimizing that and saying that, you know, your feelings actually don't matter. So you're telling yourself that and then you're saying to yourself, well, they they think my feelings don't matter either. And then you get upset and resentful towards them. And all of a sudden you start treating them <laughs> with resentment, treating them with frustration because your feelings don't matter to them. But really, your feelings don't matter to you. And you haven't shared those feelings because you have made their comfort more important than your comfort. And you have chosen to minimize your pain from shame and guilt. You're afraid to be drama. You're afraid to make someone else feel uncomfortable. And therefore, you minimize your pain. So really, it doesn't benefit anyone. Who does it benefit to do that? Nobody. Certainly doesn't benefit you. Doesn't benefit the relationship. It really doesn't benefit the other person because they have no idea what you're feeling. So it's important that we ask ourselves that. If I'm feeling a big emotion and I don't want to share it because I don't want to hurt them, don't you think that it would be more valid for me to validate my own feeling and be like, yeah, actually, that feeling is a big deal to me? It might not be a big deal to them. I'm not going to hold them responsible for that feeling, but I would like to share that with them so that they're aware that this sometimes happens to me when this happens or when that situation arises. And then they can actually be aware and then we can have a discussion. Do we need to set up a boundary? Do I need to, you know, state what it is that I'm okay with and what I'm not okay with? Because as, as long as you minimize your feelings and, and think that they're not valid, you're definitely not going to be able to set boundaries for yourself that protect you. A boundary is for you. A boundary tells people how to treat you. And if you treat yourself badly by minimizing yourself first because of shame and guilt, then you're essentially teaching someone else that you aren't important, that your boundaries don't matter, that you can essentially be walked over. But when you love yourself and when you recognize that there's no shame and guilt in how you're feeling, then you can have an honest conversation without blaming anybody. You can be like, hey, I'm having a big feeling right here. You're not responsible for it, but I just want to share it because I want us to, to be together and, and to be able to hold space for each other and to kind of have a window into each other's lives because I care about you. And I know that you care about me and you care about how I feel. Then we can start to feel more connected because then we also don't feel like we're the only ones struggling. We imagine that it's just us having trouble, but it's not. There's other people that struggle. So an example for seeing the lifestyle is, let's say you have been, um, I'm just going to throw out just an example of things that have happened, you know, to clients or, or other things. It's like, okay, so you have talked with your partner and you're like, okay, we're going to go to the club and we're going to, you know, 
go meet some people and we're going to flirt and we'll have a good time. And yeah, of course, I'm okay if you kiss someone else um, and, and I kiss someone else and that's cool. That's going to be fun. That's exciting. I'm good with it. It's, it's all good. You both decide that this is, this is your boundaries. Um, kissing is fine. Uh, but maybe you're not going to go play with someone else. You're going to keep it at just, um, kissing other people and flirting. Uh, you're not going to have sex with other people. You're just going to keep that within yourself and you've agreed to that. And so you go out to have a great time. You say you go to the club or whatever, you meet up some friends or whatever, and you watch your spouse or your partner um, kissing someone, and you're really happy for them. But then the kiss gets a little bit passionate, and you weren't expecting that, and that hits you a little bit funny, and you remember a time that you felt that same way, and then fear creeps in. And you're like, oh, something bad happened last time I felt this way. And then you start to create stories and you're like, oof, what if they like that person more? What if they're a better kisser than me? And if they're a better kisser than me, then they're not going to want me anymore and I'm going to be rejected and I might be abandoned and blah, 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 blah. All these stories come into your mind and they might not be true at all, but you're not thinking rationally in that moment because you're triggered. Something happened that you did not expect and now you're embarrassed that you have a feeling about it because you said it was okay. You reassured them that you were fine with that and they didn't do anything wrong, but you still have a feeling. What do you do with that? Do you just keep it to yourself? Do you not tell them? So you have two choices. One is wait till a little bit later and be like, I am really surprised at how that made me feel. You did absolutely nothing wrong. And that made me feel something to watch you that intimate with someone or getting that passionate with someone. It brought up some fear for me. Um, can I have a hug right now? Or I'd, I'd really like, I just wanted to share that with you that that did something for me, but I don't want to prevent you from, from doing that. I just wanted you to so that looks very different than you cannot kiss anybody anymore like that. That, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you made out with that person like that. And that made me feel very uncomfortable. And now I don't know what to do with that. And I think we should have a no kissing rule. Those are two very different ways of approaching our emotions. One really is honoring your feelings and recognizing that you had feelings, but it's nobody else's fault. And that came from somewhere you didn't expect it. And you have grace for yourself and, and love and care for yourself. And you're going to share that just so that you're connected with your partner and they can know a little bit about you. The other one is, is you feel shame and guilt about having a reaction and you don't like that. You feel that way. And so that shame and guilt makes you feel weak. And then in order to feel powerful and sort of gain back control, it's it's easier to put that on someone else and make them responsible for your feelings of quote unquote weakness um, because you don't know how to deal with that. And one can cause drama and one is just being real and creating connection with your partner. The other one 
really um, isolates you from your partner. It makes them feel blamed, makes them feel like they've done something wrong. And now you've broken connection with them rather than created connection. So I want you to really think about that. How is that looking in your life? How are you responding first and foremost to your own emotions and reactions? Are you shaming yourself for having those feelings? Are you being curious about where they're coming from? What that's bringing up for you? Are you quickly just trying to eliminate how that feels, put that to rest, and therefore you've got to tell someone that you feel that way and that you don't want to feel that way anymore. And so basically they have to stop what they're doing. How are you reacting? What are you doing? And how is that, how is that empowering your relationship? Keeping silent is not going to empower your relationship. Communicating it in a way where you feel no shame and guilt about having an emotion, but not making someone else responsible for it. That brings connection. That is empowering to a relationship and that creates safety. And it allows your partner to not be on the defensive so that they can hold space for you and so that they also feel connected to you. So I just really wanted to talk about that because I think it's really important the role of shame and guilt and fear in the way that we communicate and our ability to create safety and hold space for our partners um, makes it night or day. So we both have a part to play. One, we don't want to make others responsible for our feelings. Two, we don't want to take responsibility for other people's feelings and take those feelings away from them. Sometimes we just need to let them sit in those feelings and let them pass through them, go through them so that you can discuss them. And maybe there's something you can discuss and create a strategy to help that not happen again. But it's not your responsibility to clear away the bad feelings. And that's still really hard for me, even though I know this (laughs) and I teach this. I want to protect the people that I love and I want them not to feel bad. And so I will immediately jump to the fact that I did something to cause this and then I'm on the defensive and I'm no longer holding space for them. And so be aware that that might be your trauma response. That might be, you know, if you if you have trouble holding space for yourself, you will have trouble holding space for others. If you're used to blaming and making it someone else's responsibility or it has to be someone's responsibility, you will make someone feel that way when you share. And so be aware that your feelings are valid no matter what. They don't have to be someone else's fault. They don't have to be caused by someone. Nobody has to be blamed in that. They just are. They just are and they're allowed to be. We don't need to shame them. We don't need to feel guilty about them. We don't need to fear having emotions, although it can be really scary sometimes. 
So I want you to reflect on your own communication patterns. And I want you to work towards deeper intimacy with yourself and deeper authenticity as a result. Because when you start honoring your thoughts, desires, and feelings and not shaming them or thinking that they shouldn't be there or that they're forbidden. Oh, I shouldn't think like that or I shouldn't have that or I shouldn't have felt that way. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have. Then we're in that sort of self-preservation mode trying to sort of dampen those feelings of guilt. It's okay. Show yourself grace. Show others grace. It's how we learn. It's how we grow. We have to feel to heal. And sometimes going through those big triggering feelings is the only way that we're going to heal and come to the other side where there's growth and freedom and joy. And if you are just protecting someone from having big feelings, sometimes you're preventing their growth. You're getting in the So, I want to encourage you all, communication can be hard, but when you start with loving you, honoring you, and not having shame and guilt and fear about your own feelings first, then you'll be in a position that you can communicate them without one, having to justify them, two, without blaming anybody else for them. They just are. There's nothing to be ashamed of for having the feelings. There's no need to attach fault to that feeling. Okay? So I love you. I want to encourage you to just really look at that. This is not to shame you. We can all do better, and I I can do better. I want to do better. Um, and that starts with just being aware aware of how you're seeing yourself, where you're applying shame and guilt. And are you letting fear run the show? Are you holding on too tight? Are you blaming? Or are you loving yourself and being confident enough in who you are that you're allowing yourself to go through the emotion that you need to go through? That is what I have to share today. I hope that was valuable for you. I know that uh, I may have sounded like I'm beating around the bush a little bit, but sometimes it's tricky to share these things um, without, you know, like I want to be able to share things that are valuable, but it's not always my situation to share. Um, all the details about things and, and I can share from my experience and hopefully you were able to, to know from my experience, um, what I'm responsible for and what I need to own and just that process of, of going through the shame and guilt and recognizing that when I feel ashamed of my feelings, then I'm going to try to attach guilt or, or blame to that feeling and make it someone else's fault if if I'm not supposed to have it, right? Because it's not supposed to be there. 
But if it's supposed to be there and it's fine, then why do we need to attach blame to it? it it's not anybody's fault. There's, it doesn't have to be anybody's fault. It doesn't have to be anything's fault. It just is. And when it just is, we accept it and we allow it to move through us. And then we come through on the other side and it's like, oh, well, that's weird that that was such a big thing because it doesn't feel like a big emotion now. It's just, it, it's, it is what it is. And so um, this is the start to having healthy, authentic communication. So like I said, I hope this was helpful. I love you all. And we will be back next week with um, an exciting interview. Um, it's going to be good. I know who we're talking to, and it's a repeat ge- repeat guest. I know who we're talking to, and it's a repeat guest, and I think you'll be very happy um, that we're going to have her back. So I will see you next week. I hope you're having a fabulous day. I love you. As I always say when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Let's be authentic. Let's lose shame, guilt, and fear, and let's just start living. Love you. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.